live from the apocalypse. I've heard my first rap song based around Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, and I've already forgotten it. This is State of the Game. Thank you for being here. I am your bubbly ingenue, Dan O. Uh, at taking taking the bull by the horns, uh, like Sonny Chiba did in a kung fu film I will remember later. Something about death. Um, anyway, <laughs> we are lucky here. Now, my co-host K Diggy is out there spreading love through this great country, so he'll be back. That's not literal, I don't think. If it is, it's fine. Don't bother that. Um, so. But I am lucky we are actually, I think we have the first, like, nope, nope, you're the second main musician that I've been able to showcase. So this is the second, and this is a real triumph. Uh, this is Miles Bolin, the sweetest gent in the main hip-hop scene. Like, if you're watching Marked, like, Our Flag Means Death, like on, on HBO Max, Miles Bullen is our rise Darby. He's a, he's a, he's a wonderful gent. And, and uh, I had a great moment. I was, because uh, I'm not in the scene, in the scene, like going to places, because I'm old and married and just, I'm at home, you know? Uh, but I was at uh, the place near Mr. Bagel that went down. Um, a brewery. It was a brewery, and they had great hip hop shows. Jesse the Tree was there, uh, and Premrock was there. Armand uh, so Shrapnel was there, and uh, Yes Brewing. Yes Brewing. I love Yes R.I.P. Yes Brewing. So I was there, and I was talking to Premrock, and I was like, "Oh man, this kid Miles Bullen. He's like the sweetest kid in the scene. He's he's so he's been such a rock for everybody." Uh, and and Prem was like, he's right there. I'm like, oh, shit. it's like I had been listening to your stuff, but I I literally hadn't physically seen you, so I didn't know to know you. But um, and shout out to Kyle Gervais of KG Freeze took me under his wing years ago, and was like, here's the scene, you know, here's all these people, and I was like, wow, this is cool. So uh, that was when I first heard you. So. You got a new album, Morning Travels, on Fake Four. Uh, how's it been? How's it been? Wow, Daniel, uh, I'm just so honored to talk to you. <laughs> You're really fun. Uh, it's been good. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty broad question. Like, mm-hmm. um, because you're you're like you've been you're in such an interesting place. I was watching a video from 2018, not dead yet. And you were just, just wrapping your face off. Just mm-hmm. like, let's go. Yeah. Like you in like an abandoned warehouse. It was yeah. like somewhere the Joker would hide out. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were just wrapping your face off and it was kind of a trappish thing. And there was, yeah. I was like, this is just somebody who like, People who aren't in Maine, there's a big battle scene in Maine. There's Rap Night, you know, there's Ill by Ill, Ill by Instinct, great. And like these people who really keep that going. And you were just hardcore within that. And Morning Travels is such a brilliant growth from that. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, morning travels is part two of a two part of a three part, uh, saga I have. Um, the first part is healing hurts, which I put out in 2020 at the end of 2020, practically 2021. Cause it was like December, 2020. So, so after, you know, the beginning the the first year of, of the pandemic, um, and yeah, so I guess like put, putting my head in into a place where I'm doing 150 to 200 shows a year right now. That's been my, you know, my trajectory is tour, 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 tour. And then, uh, yeah, and then the pandemic hit and then it's like, nope, can't do that. Can't tour. You can't, can't do your, the thing that you need to do. Um, so, and then my dad died. So my dad died in February of 2020. My grandfather died. Um, and I oh. lost all the friends yeah. and the pandemic and I lost all my shows. Yep. So, so it kind of put me in this very uncomfortable place of stillness. Right. It put me in this very like um, isolated time where I, I had to sit with all my feelings. I had to sit with all my instruments and I had to just see what came out. And so I started writing and I, I wrote like 50 songs and then I narrowed it down to just those seven on healing hurts just to put out those seven. And then morning travels was just like the continuation of that. So it was part two, um, more, a little, you know, a few more songs and more refined, more like matured version of what I was going through, like the grieving process. Um, you know, it was really dark and heavy in the beginning and um in morning travels is just like acknowledging that dark and heaviness but moving forward with a little more soft a little more um i guess awareness of like getting through the grief right yeah no it, it's i've had a really unique relationship with the album uh, just in the sense that when i first heard you my first reaction what because it was like i think it was a more positive period where you were like isn't the world full of sunshine and i was just like i don't know if i could, this is like a morning person i don't know if i could be around this energy like i'm i'm a pessimistic old dark like shadowy like i am i am not this you know happy about everything you know um and so i was like you know, I, I respect this i respect what he does and i'll support it from afar you know what i mean i'm yeah. gonna let this grow over here but then this was on fake four surprised me because this has been a very fake four year for me mm. you know, uh with with keshi last year within the last year and uh with suede aj suede uh metatron's cube televangel i was just kind of scouring and i was like miles but and then i was like billy woods feature what is this uh and i listened to it and i was like oh shit like i almost felt and i I do this a lot. I talk about the Big Lebowski a lot, but I felt almost the big the journey of the Big Lebowski is like a happy, positive character just getting fucked with so much mm. that they have to deal with it. Mm. The, the the frustration you see a good person frustrated and mm. how they how they put themselves back together during that frustration, and I felt like morning travels is a bit of that. Yeah, morning travels. Um is is um 
is an exploration of mental health. Yeah. It's an exploration of, of creative and emotional boundaries. It's an exploration of um, storytelling. Um, it's an exploration of sound, like just playing with sound, not even necessarily content or words, but just exploring what I could do with my voice and what I could do with my instruments. And, um, and very cohesive with the collaborations, right? So the, the voices and the people I chose to work with were very intentional and um, kind of fit the mood of all of the different uh, pieces to the record. And this record is made to kind of reflect, uh, you know, if you think of like Pokemon, like the evolution, you know, when, you know how like, you know, Pokemon evolve, but they're still yep. of the same, you know, creature of the same elements. Right. Um, you know, they've just grown and they've become more powerful and more clear and right. So this is sort of my like, my, my, yeah, this is supposed to, but it's supposed to be coming from the same place, right? It's not a separate record. It's, it's in tandem to the other record. So um, that's awesome. No, I, yeah. I, I'm so glad to hear it because when I reached back and I started like, I was there listening to Healing Hurts. I'm like, oh shit, this is Oh, you got to hear this and then this, you know, like I was, I totally understood the connection between those albums. Um, And that's, that's cool. Uh, Good to hear the intentionality is there. Um, Yeah. I I imagine if you're going through something and this is about healing and this is about, you know, the work that you have to do to, to put together an album that's this personal, Mm -hmm. If you're gonna do that work, you want to be. You want to have friends with. You. Yeah. You know what I mean. You're not gonna call in people that might not get it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. There's definitely. I've always had a deep connection to like collaboration. You know, yeah. out the gate, like right when I started doing things, I ha- I was working with other people, um, musicians, singers, rappers, poets, yep. visual artists, videographers, animators. Uh, like every type of artist is, is like, you know, all my friends are creatives, right? So it's like, yep. and this is an album that, you know, was about a, uh, a time where I needed community um, the most, you know, more than ever I needed it because usually I can get it through traveling and through doing shows and through connecting with people. But in those, you know, if, in the few years that I was just like sitting and writing, like I needed to to create that um to make that connection in some other way um yeah yeah, yeah. and a lot and, and a lot of these songs came came out of like really uncomfortable places inside of me yeah. <laughs> I mean, one, of, one of the one of the real questions that i had for you was like how hard is it to make like <laughs> an album like you you like we, me and me and Kay had this conversation, right? About uh, I don't know how you feel about Saba or if you listen to a lot of Saba uh, from Chicago, but in oh. 2018 or 2019, he had an album called Care for Me, which is just kind of like a really important album, and it has like a 10 minute song about like going to your prom and tragedy happening, and it's an amazing song. Mm. Uh, it's an amazing album, and so when his new one came out this year everybody's like ah, it's not it's not care for me and you're like you can't do that every time yeah you can't just keep pumping out 
this like super heartfelt, you know, terrifyingly realized epiphanies, you know, you have to just, you have to breathe out, you know? Yeah. You know, one thing that, um, so, so here to, to backpedal a little bit more, um, when I first made Healing Hurts, I sent it to Chesky. Oh, wow. I sent it to Chesky and I was like, hey, uh, will you, will you listen to this record? And then he listened to it and he's like, oh, this is the best thing you've done in a lot, like ever. This is the best piece of work you've ever done. And I was just like, do you think this could be a fake four thing? And he, he pretty much, you know, he like kindly declined. He was just like, we would love to put this out, but we just have way too many things going on this year that it wouldn't, it would, you'd have to wait an extra year to put it out. He's like, I think you should just put it out. And so like, you know, I've been friends with Chesky for the last like few years. I've known him for like a decade, but I've been like friends with him for the last few years. And so I, I just kind of looked to him for like guidance separate from being a part of fake board, just like, Hey, what do you think I could yeah. do with this? Yeah. You know? And, um, and he was like, you should just put it out and see what happens. And then I put it out and it was like the most, like, it was, it was the, the, the best thing I'd ever done. Like, connecting wise like it reached more people than all of my other stuff i've done before combined my my fan my fan base grew like 80 percent like yeah it like it like blew out of the water like the amount of people listening to me daily or like reaching out to me daily and like it just made a huge impact somehow past what i was capable of doing before or what I knew about. And, and partially, I think part of that is like existing on the internet in the pandemic, right? Like right. during the pandemic, a lot of artists fucking blossomed or they quit, you know? And I just happened to be the one, I just happened to like really go into like, okay, I'm gonna put this music out and be present on the internet as much as I can um, and connect with people. And so Healing Hurts did really well. And I like sold out of records the first couple of months that I put it out. And like, and then Chesky was like really, he was like, damn, that's really dope. And like, saw that. And then I, then we did a tour together in June, the summer, we did our first, like, first thing out of COVID, right? The first summer out of, with, you know, where we can go outside and do a shows. And we did, we did just did like a week and a half tour together backyards. Oh, and I played all of my new songs that weren't out yet at the shows. And he really got into the songs. And then by the time I was like done the record, I sent it to him just to listen to. And he's like, oh, wait, did you put this out yet? And I was like, no. And he's just like, okay, we want to put it out. <laughs> and I was like, okay. He yeah. called me at like 8 a.m. It was just like, yo, I really, I think Fake 4 would, I think this would be, do really well on Fake 4. I think people would would really like this. Um, That's so awesome. Then, yeah, you, were, yeah. <laughs> you rose to the level of like, it's irresistible at this point. Like, I got to take this. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Um, and, and it's, you can, it's, it's so interesting to because lyrically you've always been quite good, right? I mean, that's just, you know, in terms of speed and cadence and in terms of unique subject matter and like really coming to a point, you know, in, in your thoughts, you know, but I feel like over time you've been able to connect your thoughts into a singular story in a, in a more powerful way, condensed way concentrated way i'm trying to think of the word uh like roses and rain is kind of like it's like mm-hmm. roses and rain gives you everything right like yeah yeah 
Roses and Rain, I actually uh, made before Healing Hurts. Oh, shit. And before Morning Travels. I made that song with Hannah Harleen. And um, we, yeah, we put it out before we put it out um, in 2019. That song, that was a single. That was just a random single. But that kick-started Healing Hurts and that kick-started Morning Travels. So then I in- included it on the album. But that's, yeah, that's a funny thing. That was like the beginning of this whole uh, this whole journey. And, and to back to the collaboration thing, you are, you are an incredible collaborator. And it, I think part of it is because you're, you, you are like the gentility of, you know, your soul of who you are is allows you to work in earnest with people in other genres or people who do other things and it works, but you can lock in with Billy Woods and it works, right? You have a dexterity to what you do. Uh, So like, there'll be a battle rapper who will be like, you know, do the hook for me. And And it's like killing people in the verse and then it's a nice tender hook from a folk singer and it doesn't (laughs) Mesh, you know what I'm saying? Like um, yeah. translating rap night into your album can be hard, right? And like so that because you have that that openness and gentility, you can go from like go from something that's like a timeless rap song, mm. something that is a real kind of loose folk expression of feelings and emotions, and it works. And it travels. And so was that always something that you were able to do? Or did you grow into that as a, like, I'm going to work on this, you know? You know, I I don't know really how to answer that. But um, I guess, I guess just being pulled into lots of musical directions and creative directions and uh, never identifying with any of them particularly like I never like I freestyle almost every show I do a freestyle at almost every show so I've been I've been practicing improv for years you know like almost a decade now I've been improv like I've been freestyling so like so when I like stepped into like the rap night crew or like any sort of like hip-hop space like I I know how to like do that but I wouldn't but I wouldn't box myself in as a rapper because I also like going to like singer songwriter events and folk you know folk song like folk singer songwriters and then i also like slam poetry i go to poetry nights a lot Um, yeah i I actually helped run a a slam poetry organization locally in portland oh uh, nice port veritas yeah Uh, i was on the board for years yeah 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 so i would go to i would go to i've been to port veritas many times yeah um I used to go to metal shows. I was really into metal as a teenager. And um, yeah, just going to, con- just growing up, going to concerts as much as possible yep. and seeing live music and watching the way people interact. Um, when I was 18 is when I met Chesky, what? teenager. I met Chesky and I met Idea and Abilities. What? And I got to, yeah. And I like hung out with Idea and um, freestyled with him and spent time with him, you know, like. Yeah, I got to like hang out with him for a couple of days. Um, he was on tour on the East Coast and we like hung out and, you know, he gave me his email and we were going to like hang out and like make song. 
and then he died like three months after I met him. So one of those like terrible, amazing opportunities slash tragedies. But yeah, so when I was 18, I, my whole life shifted towards like, you know, emotional, poetic, honest storytelling, hip hop slash like hip hop mixing with like, um, I guess, avant-garde or like noise or like performance style art, uh, punk. Um, that makes sense. This, this rage, you know, there's a lot of like ag- aggressive, like rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and but then there's like soft, sweet, um, you know, lullaby stuff that I love too. You know, I pull from everything that I love and I, I don't love just rap. <laughs> you know like rap can get really boring <laughs> um yeah. no i mean it, it's 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 a great point that, like it seems like once you were locked in you had seen idea you had like hung out in these scenes like you just became more focused on accomplishing what you wanted to accomplish with the tools you had yeah versus where it fit in or what you know what shelf it would be on in the store you know what i mean well, I mean, that's that's the thing about fitting in is like the harder you try, usually the farther away from it you get anyways. Like, of course, I wanted to fit in at some point. I wanted to like do I wanted to be like the people, you know, that I looked up to, but I just never quite got it. Like I never. Yeah, it just didn't work. And then I got to a point, too, where I I started using drugs at a really, really young age, like 13 and so I got super into opiates and drinking and like to a point of just very, very unhealthy um, overdose status. Um, and then I got clean when I was 17, going into 18. And that's right when I started really diving into music is right, right after I got sober. Um, so anyways, just to bring that up is that like, if you if you're if you're not if you've never been an addict or you've never like been in recovery it's hard to even imagine but there's this so there's this sense of like urgency to live with extreme gratitude that is just unlike any other community of people i've ever met like people who are in recovery have been have been in situations where they would much rather die than detox you know like, like detoxing is worse than dying. It's like the worst torture ever. And if you can survive stuff like that, then like every moment you're, you're awake, you're alive is a moment to be grateful and to appreciate things. Right. So that's where I don't fit in a lot of the like macho, uh, you know, aggressively harmful sort of musical scenes is because that I don't agree with that. And I don't want to be like that. Um, so, so there was a time where I, I don't go to bars anymore at 2 a.m. to freestyle. And it's not because I'm better than that. It's because I just physically, my, I don't feel good yeah. in the faces. I don't feel good around people who are like, you know, super trashed and they're just like aggressively being misogynistic. You know, it's like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't fit there. That doesn't, that doesn't feel good to me. So, so I kind of veered away and didn't really fit into going to rap shows that were really, really late at night and that had that sort of energy to them. So I eventually just started going to the, you know, the poetry open mic at 7 p.m. where everyone's like sober and emo and like quiet and like, yes. And like, oh, and I'm like, and then I had a high school kid is peeling themselves away in front of the crowd. Yeah. yeah Yeah. this breaks me down like that like really hits me so i I would mix that with the experience of knowing how to be an aggressive rapper 
right? Like knowing how to own my voice and be heard. And like, so I could bring that to the table, but then I had to learn how to soften, right? I had to learn how to when, learn how to notice when to be quiet and when to be calm and when to be gentle, because that is just as powerful as the commanding voice, right? So it's like mixing, mixing those two things has been really, um, I, I think that's been like the thing that has propelled people to be interested in what I'm doing is just my approach. It's not necessarily like, yeah, like you said, I've been writing pretty similarly for a while, but I'm changing the way I deliver it in a more digestible, like healthy feeling way, I think. And as talking about your approach, stylistic approach here, because I got a theory. I developed this theory on my hundredth listen of morning travel. Um, because I definitely had to fall in love with the album piece by piece. You know, I was definitely seduced by it, just in the sense of like, you know, you're like, this is good. And you've listened to it 10 times. You're like, it's not good. It's really good if you listen to it 10 times. But it, it eventually gets you. So my theory is this, right? This is why this is like the smartest main album in a long time. Uh, because Maine has a very lively and rich folk scene. Oh, it really does. Musically, it, there's a lot of cool folk festivals. There's a lot of really good acoustic artists, right? Um, and this album really makes use of that feeling of just being with someone in a room as they play a song. Yeah, so recording this album was definitely all over the place. I collaged it together. I like... Uh, half of it was done with John Zebley in, in Lewiston, Maine. He's like my engineer. Uh, he's amazing. I love working with him. So half of the record, I went in there, recorded my vocals with him and tried to get everything to sound really clean and crisp and smooth. And then the other half I recorded like on my iPhone voice memo, like in front of like on the keyboard while I'm playing the keys and singing into the iPhone with my window open and you hear the birds out the window while I'm playing, and it's a one take phone recording, you know? So I had the variety of, of what was accessible to me and when I really wanted to focus and edit and like tune in and micro adjust. And when I just needed to capture spontaneity. Oh, oh there was a great moment. I was playing small creature for my family, right? <laughs> uh, my, me and my wife were talking about the song and yeah. Uh, she, I was like, this is on a rap album. She's like, what? This is on a rap album? Like, yeah, dude, this is on a rap album. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was a real cool, like, you know, the, I just was drawn to it. That's like, it was songs like, I don't want to do too much. I yeah. just kept, the minute, three seconds, I just kept <laughs> listening to it like, hey, you can't fucking get this anywhere else. It's, it's just so, oh, it's so weird. Uh, but yeah, it's the kind of, you know, halfway through the first song, you're yelling in this in this interesting way, uh, your delivery, and Maine has a very lively punk scene, right? There's a lot mm. of great yelling, a lot of great metal, and a lot of, so yeah, this album really does bring all of it into the hip-hop space, and it works. Mm. So, Thank you. Um, 
yeah small creature my favorite song yes. on the record uh was a freestyle 100 freestyled yeah awesome. so um i met up with emma emma ivy mm-hmm. and um and was she on healing hurts as well yeah she's on uh afraid of love that's right i'm afraid of things going well oh. yeah she sings that with me too uh, but yeah, she came over and we were sitting down in my living room with my dog, Finn, who you can, if you turn up, you hear, <laughs> you hear my dog breathing or like, you know, That's you hear, awesome. yeah, you hear my dog in that recording, but he, we put my cell phone in between us and my dog was in between us and she was playing guitar and she asked me to tell her a story about Piglet and like to describe what Piglet meant to me because... I'm like super into cartoons and, and uh, storybooks and like breaking down characters. So uh, Winnie, you know, Winnie the Pooh has been huge on my mind, like in Roses and Rain and like in Small Creatures. So I started kind of telling the story. I was like, well, well, Finn, my dog is kind of like Piglet. Cause like, even though he's a big dog inside, he's, he feels like a really small creature and he's afraid, but he's lucky that he's got his friends, right? So I just wow. riffed, I just riffed off of that, and then Emma was riffing off of my improv, and then that's that song happened. That's so and cool. yeah, and then we were gonna we had this plan too where you know recorded it, and then we listened back and we're like, wow, that was awesome. We should like write down the lyrics and like re-record it for real in the studio. And the more we listened to it, the more we we're like, nah. <laughs> We're just gonna keep it like that because we won't capture the same energy as as we did at that moment. So that's a phone recording freestyle between me and Emma. That's so beautiful. No, yeah. it's, and, and I did to follow up on the Winnie the Pooh point. I have a theory that everyone you meet is a Winnie the Pooh character of some sort. That it's like somehow encapsulates all the personalities. You know? Uh, yeah, I have a new one, a new song that's not out yet um about tigger so. i'm definitely tigger i am that is that is my <laughs> energy through and through uh yeah. i've always been like oh okay there is somebody like that. Uh, <laughs> but no it, it's it's that's amazing because rap as you know it's a very presentational genre right you are presenting yourself and saying i am i am very important you know yeah. um, and when it works it's mf doom mm. and, when it doesn't work, it's Kid Rock, you know, or something. It, it's like, you know, the, it, when it doesn't work, it's really embarrassing for everybody. And you're just like, what, one of my first rap albums was Kid Rock. Yep. I was, I remember like, one of my first rap albums, it was, uh, I had the Kid Rock rap album and I had uh, Marshall Mathers LP, uh, Slim Shady LP, and uh, the Riddle Box at ICP. And this is age seven. That devil? Was it seven. Devil Without a Cause? Was it devil, yeah, Devil Without a Cause, yeah. I, I, I was in the army at that point. And I remember um, and it, it, listening to that. And what I was, it really did teach me about this stuff. Because there's a line on there where he says, like, you know, I'm going platinum. I'm going, you know, Devil Without a Cause. I'm going platinum. And yeah. I went, had never been platinum before there was no reason to believe this was when he was going to go platinum like 
willed it. And he just kind of closed his eyes. Was like a platinum, a platinum. And he yeah. Goes, you know, goes, one of my favorite lines is uh, um, all the crackheads, the critics, the cynics, and all my heroes at the methadone clinics. <laughs> like, I came from, like, people going to methadone clinics, you know, like my family and people I knew, you know, so, like, my heroes actually were going to methadone clinics. Oh, yeah, no, that's- I mean, I'm, like, eight years old. I didn't know that at eight, but by the time I was, like, 15 i was like oh wow that shit's real <laughs> yeah no it was it was that was a weird moment but it, <laughs> yeah it was a weird moment in rap but like it is it's very presentational format you're kind of selling yourself you know yeah so there are very few rap albums that are loose yeah because loose is a hard way to be in terms of in terms of like salesmanship you know you usually you have to be impactful, you know. And, yeah. And so you, the looseness along with the seriousness, because like I think of Small Creature, and I think its opposite might be Memories with with Jesse the Tree. Like mm. Memories is such a, that's a rap song and it's serious and there's there's as much emotion in that as there is in like, you know, Troy by CL Smooth and Pete Rock. Like there's there's real emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse is amazing too. I love Jesse the tree. He's, he's a great writer and one of a really good friend of mine. Uh, he actually sent me that song. He sent me the beat uh, that our, our friend made uh, St. C's made and he wrote, he sent me his verse and, um, and then I wrote to it cause we have, we have a separate project that we've been working on um but then after i when i was putting together this record um i was like man i really think that song would would fit here and i asked yeah. him i was like hey can i have that song <laughs> and he was like yeah definitely definitely because we we write for each other all the time we have a ton of like you know a ton of collaborations for our project and for each other's solo stuff so that I was just like hey man can i have that song i feel like it fit really well so it's all gonna come out in the mix eventually. You know? It's all gonna come out. Yeah, I'm really glad though because I think you're right. I think it fits really well on here in contrast to to some of the other songs that don't that aren't as like rap centered or, um, yeah. yeah. And and that one kind of is in tandem to Ordinary Magic with nope. Billy Woods. Both of those beats uh, were made by um, the same producer, Saint C's, and um, they both kind of talk to each other in a way. I consider Billy Woods like the best lyricist in the world for me, right? Wow. Uh, and so I was a little thunderstruck to have a main rapper with a Billy Woods feature. Uh, but like, it was the, that song, and I was watching the video. Shout out to you. The videos are amazing. Thank Billy you. Miles Bowen on YouTube, Ordinary Magic video, amazing animation. I'm no meteorologist, beautiful uh, yeah, just all that stuff is dope, and uh, you know, it's a great lyric video, ordinary magic, where you can see the words. And I, was I actually like, hand, I actually hand drew all those words, and that's great. And and Woods, the thing about Woods, we talked about this on episode one hundred, right? We just had like a bring your favorite verses, and it was a bunch of people, uh, pen pals, prem rocks, everybody talking about different stuff they liked and we, t- we had a wood segment 
because uh, we had a bunch of people who worked with him, and I said, I, I don't, he's a historian, he loves talking about history and, and interesting stuff that way, but he's also sneaky emotional. Mm. Beautifully emotional individual who's very in touch with his feelings. And he got exactly what that song was about, and he's like, I feel you. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm so happy. It's, that song is evidence of why he's my favorite. You know, like, he can switch from being like this menacing dude to being like, I get sad. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's great. I've, I've definitely been a huge fan of Billy Woods um, for the past few years. And um, he's always been super nice to me, too, at shows. I've done a few shows with him and and I've you know I've connected with him on different ways but yeah the song the song needed it I just knew it I just like I wrote it and then I just felt I I sent it to him I was like man I feel like without even trying to like cater this song to you this song is asking for you outside of my ego outside of me like being a fan of you like this song actually is at is calling to you <laughs> so yeah it was tight really that's, awesome. that's and and i mean i think some of these relationships you like you said you've been touring at a rhyme sayers clip right uh and at a what at a rhyme sayers clip you know i remember rhyme sayers used to hit maine like three times in a year oh. i'd be like you are you guys okay this is a lot of touring if you're hitting maine three times <laughs> uh, touring all year just relentless mm-hmm. um, it seems like how you were touring uh for years and when you do that you end up with a lot of friends if you're if you're a reasonable person um so uh yeah that's i'm just very happy that, that you were able to get this stuff and line this stuff up you've also got my favorite main rapper on you know sarah sarah yeah. i is who I tell people to listen to first of all. You know, when they're like, well, who, you know, in Maine, what, what, you guys have rappers? I'm like, listen to Sarah Violet, listen to Blue Moon. Like, I'm just, you know. Oh. Not- um, Did you ever hear our project together? What, was that recent? We put out an album together. I mean, it, That's funny. It's, it's called Planetary Access. That's the name of our, our rap group. That's awesome. No, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Well, you know why you didn't. You know why you didn't find out because we put it out a week before the fucking pandemic. We put it out oh, end of February, end of February twenty twenty. We put it out. It was the worst time in probably U.S. history <laughs> or no. world history to put out a record. But we, yeah, we we have an EP. It's on the internet. Um, our group is is called Planetary Access, and we, yeah, I'm. I'm in love with Sarah. She's like, she's she's such a great person. So creative, amazing writer. Um, She's inspired me. Every time I write a song with her, I always like hyper analyze. Like I try to make, I try to write the best shit I've ever made. Right. Because (laughs) not only is she like, she can get incredibly personal, which back when she was Lady Essence, a lot of that was super personal and gripping. But at this point in her career, she's very sneaky. She can write about some interesting shit. Very and, sneaky. <laughs> and you're like, oh, did she? What's that about? What? 
Uh, she she can get you on that shit. It's great. She's yeah, fight. Um, so. Yeah, her verse on that too. Like, whew, she like she came through really really well. And that was that's a funny thing. That's similar to the Jesse situation where Sarah and I had been writing. Uh, we started to write like another record together. Um, <laughs> I don't want to like throw shade on Sarah at all, but there was a time where she was just like, I don't want to do music anymore, or at least not right now. I want to do videos and photos. So we had already started uh, a couple of songs and then um, essentially we, we had that one finished and I was like, can I, do you want me to put this out? And she's like, yeah, definitely put it out. So then I like kind of built that into the record as well. So it's the similar story with, with Jesse, where it was going to be a collaborative album yeah. Uh, turned into like being a part of this uh, record, which I'm really grateful for because Sarah's yeah. also one of my favorite rappers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so, but, but it sounds like once you know what your album's about, right? Once you've done yeah. the work and you like, these songs are the tent poles of what I'm going to build, then you can pull stuff and say, oh, that song fits. This yeah. song fits. And you can start yeah. to kind of build it together in a way. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of just write a ton at one point. I'll like go through a lot of different, um, you know, beats people send me or beats that I'm making or ukulele songs I'm writing or whatever I'm doing. I just make a lot of music with no intention of releasing any of it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't write Healing Hurts to put it out. I wrote it for myself. Right, right. You know, I started all of, a lot of these songs just for me and they weren't intended on being out and then that's when I have this vault and that's where I am like okay now I'm going to put on my processing brain to like organize things or you know arrange things but that's always secondary that's never the first thing the first thing is just being present with the with the thing I'm trying to do right and and I think I don't know there's a it's weird to say, but morning travels never makes me sad. Um, it's, oh, that's good. Because I think it's almost, what was the, ah, the Kurosawa dreams, Akira Kurosawa's dreams. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's awesome. Uh, but there's a real good sequence on death there. It, it's that basically morning travels in my mind is about how we've got to find a way to cherish that we had what we lost. Yeah. Even when we're losing. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good quick synapse of it. Um, and it's that process, the emotional process of saying, yes, I wish I had this person still, but like, I'm glad I had this person and I'm glad I have the days ahead to use what I learned from them to be here, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's they're all reminders. You know, uh, one of my friends, uh, P.T. Burnham. Do you know P.T. Burnham? No. So P.T. Burnham is an incredible rap uh, artist, songwriter, producer. Uh, he lives in Baltimore, but he's he's been in New England. He's done the New England scene before. Anyways, he, he once told me that when he writes... Uh, music he's um he's writing himself a get out of hell map oh that's map so on how to get out of hell right so he goes into these dark places he goes around the corners in the room goes through the labyrinth all the way to the center of the problem 
And then his songs are to like write himself to remind to remind himself how to get out because you will go back, mm-hmm. right? You will never not return, right? You will always go from you will you, there will always be this cyclical change. Um, so he told me that a long time ago, maybe like eight years ago, um, and. I really, that's, that's, that kind of, that's those philosophies and those lessons really stick with me. Things like that, that when I'm writing music, I'm archiving something, I'm archiving an experience, but it might not even like, sometimes I write stuff that isn't even about now. It could be about later. Right. You know, sometimes I write things for myself in the future. Like I write, yes, I'll write something and I'll be like, I'm, this is to future me. Like, don't fucking forget, you know, like, remember this, like, yep. you know, um you know the pain pain and the pleasure right like the joy uh the wholesomeness and the disaster and the tragedies like you have to remember all of it you can't just remember the good stuff because then the when something happens you're gonna be thrown off guard and you're gonna forget how to take care of yourself right so these are these are mem yeah these are memories right and a lot of my subscribers are writers as well yeah they as advice to them, right? Uh, if you're a writer, it's a great exercise. If you're nervous about a life event you have happening or coming up in the future, write yourself into that event. Yeah. And watch what you do, right? Make, play that out, write, write, write yourself in, into the future and learn from, it. you know, use your devices, use your skills, uh, to, to grow yourself emotionally. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, no, it's, I've, I've definitely done it, uh, but I think it's, uh, it's great. And I would, so man, it's, that's so cool to have the right guests in the right places. Cause yeah. Jesse, the tree is, is on like strange famous records, right? With, yeah. with Sage talking him up and stuff. That's awesome. Uh, so that was when I knew I was like, I gotta tap in. Yeah. Yeah. Sage has been like super supportive to me recently. Um, he like, you know, interacts with me on the internet a lot and he sends me messages and stuff. And like, you know, he's given me advice on things and he's really cool. Sage is a really nice guy. Really nice guy. I was like, yeah, and I, I had a whole thing about that. When I wrote his uh, review of copper gone, which is his last album. And, yeah. Um, uh, it was it was great because the review was like about how he has this heavy rep as an asshole but like i've well, i didn't know i didn't know him oh, before a year ago so heavy, heavy rep as an asshole. <laughs> and i was like i've interacted with him he's danced with me at the merch table he's like been super sweet um, yeah to me and to, to everybody i know so it's there's like a real it's interesting to outgrow your reputation and to grow out of that. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I uh, mean, yeah. yeah. I guess it's what our grandparents do. You know, it's everybody <laughs> does it, right? You're like, you're not that person anymore. So you're just, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, shout out to Sage. He's, uh, it's, it's, I don't, I don't think Sage has many bad albums. I think he's a really, really important artist. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and you've been, yeah, you've just been important to the scene. Uh, and this album, I was, this is in my head. I had a thing in my head where I was thinking great albums, 
have characteristics. Mm. One of those characteristics is your favorite song keeps changing. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you start, like you start with small creature and then you're, you're on roses and rain and then you're, you're digging into memory. And like, if you can, if you can bounce several times from your favorite song, mm. uh, then you've got a real dangerously good album on your hands that you're going to be talking about. Um, so this album has that for me. Wow. Uh, that track. The, the other thing, a great album feels like a different world. Hmm. Yeah. It kind of feels like you're on a different planet, you know? That's good. Yeah. And yeah, the- and the, and the artist uh, Abbott Russell, who did the album covers, Ooh, beautiful. Yeah, she did Healing Hurts as well, and um, I'm not sure how much it translates digitally, but in person, they're very uh, stylistically different feeling paintings. Mm. She, she uses similar imagery in Healing Hurts as she does in Morning Travels, but like Healing Hurts is like dark and like right. Thick. And, and acrylic paint and like layers and it's like messy and it's and it just feels a lot heavier and then morning travels is like watercolor and and pen drawing and so to, get, to get art nerdy for a second right like yeah. morning travels has really bright colors right the, the kind of bright purple not deep mm-hmm. purple like a really light bright purple to the clouds mm-hmm. right you've got a lot of orange and yellow and just like colors that pop right yeah uh, but if you actually look down scale down into the main character walking down that road mm. that is a sad looking organism yeah that, that there's a road and, and then the trees are the those rooms where you see yourself feeling different things right you see yep. the sadness yep the sad and anger and and then and then the road just keeps winding and twisting out into infinity it never ends so like the (laughs) the cover sparkles to kind of protect itself yeah right but there's real shit going on the darkness is inside which is i I think it's a beautiful picture beautiful painting Um, it's in that backpack too that's a big backpack. What's huge, in that backpack? Huge backpack. A lot of baggage. Makes sense. Well, grief baggage. Yeah, that's our. Yeah. So, uh, that's yeah. I'm just I'm just excited because that it looked when making art, when yeah. you end up doing projects that you're proud of, but that still have kind of loose ends a little bit, right? That you're like, they fray a little bit at the edges, you know. And as you get better, there's less of those. As you keep going, you keep maturing, the, the polish gets there, right? The consistency yeah. gets there, right? The editing is, is on a higher level. And I just think this is the one, this is like the key to unlock people who, who have not heard of you or don't um, know what you do, right? This is this is yeah. great, great window in. Thank you, Daniel. I was just going to say, like, I can't even gauge. You asked me on the, you emailed me about, like, how do you think your fans liked it? And it's like, or how do you think they've 
uh, interpreted this album or something like that. And I can't even gauge that because I feel like so many new people have listened to this as their first time ever listening to me. So like, I can't even speak on like people who have listened to my other stuff, how different it is. There's, there's no comparison for a lot of people. A lot of people, this is the first like version of me they've ever heard. Right. Yeah. So this is like a beginning. This isn't really a continuation for some people. And I think all art is going to do that at some point, but I guess it seems rapid for me. It doesn't seem like, Oh, I have a few new fans. It's like, you know, double the amount of people bought this record than bought my last record. Yep. And a lot more people bought my last record than they bought the record before. So now I don't even know where. But that's. <laughs> yeah. But there's a vigilance to that, right? right. I was really involved in the, in the scene, the poetry scene with Port Veritas, me and my buddy, Will Gibson was like, I know Will Gibson. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, we were thick as thieves in, in those days. And like, so, and every people would come there, they'd write a poem kind of every six months and yeah. do it over and over again. And me and Will were just writing feverish, just every day, editing, writing. And we would always tell them, look, you're blowing these crowds away, but that's because it's a different crowd every night. Right. And they're seeing you for the first time. So the, the, the actual challenge is to keep doing new shit, to keep impressing people for the first time. <laughs> and like, get, if you build that muscle, then you're mm -hmm. ready for the next challenge. Right. Because if you, if you kill it on the next album, you're yeah. going to level of people who hear you. Right. From right you're gonna have to do as well you know you and, don't that, and that, that's a whole nother like conversation is about like all the stuff i do that doesn't that you don't know about right you know i wrote a hundred other songs you haven't heard before i put this record out i put i put out probably like 20 songs before i put this record out on spotify and shit like singles eps like multiple projects i put out a project with uh george uh he goes by uh produced by george yep. we, put out, we put out an ep called clementines and mason jars i put out a record with with mozart 212 yep. called Lo looking for a body that's like a full ep like i put out dozen singles a uh, bunch of collaboration like features like i've been making music yeah, like a muscle, like it's a muscle, like flexing yep. it and just writing and creating, um, so that when I do put together a piece of work, I'm it's kind of like to me like the freshest stuff. It's like the stuff that I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to like dive in. I've been practicing, I've been practicing and practicing, practicing, and now I'm gonna, you know, put the thing out and like. And then like having the fake four endorsement felt natural. It didn't feel like a huge deal because like fake four has already been supporting me for the past few years, like doing shows or, you know, um, just getting support from, you know, from Chesky in general. It, he's always been like super supportive, not just to me, but to any upcoming artist that he sees has potential and drive and is like really working hard and writing good stuff. Like he, he supports them, you know? So like having his like encouragement 
already felt like the win, you know, like getting, like being on fake four wasn't actually as, um, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't that big of a transition for me. Cause I had already been doing tours. I'd already been doing all the stuff that like, right. all, all the stuff I've already been doing. So being a part of fake four just felt natural progression, you know, but definitely there's a lot of new people listening to my record because it's on fake four also. So I want to acknowledge, I want to acknowledge that endorsement, even though it doesn't mean like as much to me because I already felt included in the, the community. I know that it actually means a lot for this record and that this record is going to go different places because it's not self-released like everything else I've done. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not a new job but it was a new alignment for you. Um, And having that alignment meant you had a really good machine behind you that could help you, right? Like, yeah. And I got the, uh, I don't know if I showed you, I got the, Oh, the fake four. That's beautiful. Yeah. uh, That's awesome. I mean, and if any year to be on fake four, this is the year, right? Like, I mean, this is, yeah darn cool uh, yeah i'm super pumped <laughs> i mean i i yeah you're the second fake four guest this year you know what i mean suede came on and, and killed it so uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm very happy for you and i was telling people i was like i don't think i don't think maine will get a better release this year i just can't imagine it. so we'll see we'll see thank you daniel that's really sweet. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's important. And, and I get excited to like, I, I don't want to just have shows where I bring on people I like over and over again. It's, it's so fun to discover people that I didn't understand, right? Mm. Oh, we've had a run of like, uh, we had Stick Figure last week, Grape God last week. These are people I've been listening to, but I didn't get them until recently. You know, and I got to bring them on and go, I get it now. And uh, that's so it's so fun. It's so cool. Yeah, it's good. It's it's good that, you know, I feel like um, the whole point of art is going new places with it. Yes. You know, personally and community wise, like being able to bring other people to new places. And so, like, I don't I don't know. I don't get like mad about like people not getting what i'm doing because i'm still figuring it out <laughs> so i don't i don't blame most people that, who like sleep on and what i'm doing because it's not going to be for everyone anyways right and, and the people it does resonate with i'd much rather focus on that you know and i mean the people that it does resonate with this is this material is so personal uh that it is i mean it, it it will touch you because you've been through something that you're talking about. Death yeah. of the grandfather, death via addiction. You've, you've had some of this happen. So you'll be able to live in the space and feel this catharsis, share this catharsis. And that's, that's a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Community is not just spatial right? Yeah. Community is kind of a force the way love is, right? Like it's, yeah. 
Yeah. So I appreciate having you in the community. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Daniel. Maybe going to go into recommendation corner real quick. Oh, wow. We, you got, we got some stuff coming out. Whew. It's going to be Bandcamp Fridays coming. There's some good stuff. So right today, Josiah the Gift just dropped Mightier Than the Sword. That's really good. Uh, I think that is one of two albums that Josiah the Gift has. Uh, it's like 10 songs. It's really good. Uh, there's some wild... Uh, there's some... Like I said, great albums are like Planets, right? Uh, Jay Worthy, Larry June, and London Drugs just came out with an album called Two Peas in a Pod. Okay. It is California like pimp rap. Hmm. <laughs> but it's like, it feels like it's from a different planet. The beats are, are, are really out there. Rock Marciano pops in. Uh, it's just a real, you put it on and you feel like you're in a different planet. So, um, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's a lot of cool shit. Oh, my number one, I have to say this is, uh, my favorite. I mean, I coffee K O F F E E put out an album called gifty. And this is a reggae album. I am not a savant with reggae, but the first time I heard coffee, I think it was like an EP. I was like this, I will follow this person. You know, this is going to be a big deal. Uh, she was on the soundtrack of that Netflix Western that I loved with Idris Elba. Anyway, uh, <laughs> coffee gifted. It's a beautiful album, uh, a pop reggae album about living your life happily and, and trying to do that uh, it's it's incredible and people should listen to it a uh, bit of sunshine man do you have uh do you have any recommendations for the people music recommendations like yeah, record or tv whatever whatever you want oh okay um it can be anything it doesn't have to be brand whatever. new yeah freedom okay uh, i recommend reading um the phantom toll booth that is a cool title it's a great book phantom toll booth phantom it's an easy read norton juster yeah norton juster genius book um fantasy adventure novel this looks this looks interesting it's really good Uh, i recommend reading it out loud to, to someone you love. Wow. One of, one of the first things me and my partner did, we're going on five years together. One of our first like things we did together was read that book to each other out loud. That's beautiful. A really good book for reading out loud to someone. Um, so yeah, read The Phantom Tollbooth. Listen to, uh, listen to Chesky's new album, uh, This Guitar Was Stolen. Um, listen to Brooke Pridemore's new album. Yes. 
which is on Fake Four. Yep. Um, listen to the new Factor album, which is called Time Invested 2. Oh, yeah. That's a- Rymore has a really good Smashing Pumpkins cover, 1979, a really good version of 1979. Yeah. I really dug that. Yeah. I, lo- I love, yeah, the Glad to Be Alive album. Oh, so good. yeah. It's very good. It's, it's like five songs. Very good. I, I definitely uh, recommend yeah uh what else should i recommend um should listen to lady lamb she's a main legend i'm going to see lady lamb in may good all roads i love yeah i love lady lamb she's really sweet um ripley pine is that the that's that's a that was the one like pitchfork started showing love to and all that yeah that lady lamb's a hell of a story like just yeah yeah, broke out, really broke out of Maine. I think in New York now, right? Doing doing stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. She. I mean, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, yeah, Lady Lamb, highly recommended. And um, uh, you should listen to a lunar landing. Do you know a lunar landing, oh. Daniel? Oh. So he he's main, he's on the main hip hop scene. Uh, it's one word: a lunar landing. One word. Um, he's just an incredible, phenomenal writer. Uh, definitely go see him at a show in Portland or wherever. Because yep. um, his live performance is unreal. Like he's a he's a really good friend of mine, and I've just seen him grow over the past few years to be like just just so technical such a um detailed storyteller and phenomenal rhymer like syllable crunching rhymer like super technical but like clear like you hear every single word uh very smart very witty very emotional um yeah who even am i is has a really cool cover uh, yeah beautiful kind of thing yeah that um I've been impressed with how the scene has changed. I was, there was a real point where I was disappointed in the main rap scene and kind of grumbly about it. I felt like, I felt like it was people doing anti-con impersonations. This was a long time ago. Long okay. ago. Uh, but I wasn't like, around for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is before your time. But like, you should, oh, speak of that, listen to Soul's new album. Ooh, SOL. Yeah, Soul put out a banging album this year with uh, DJ Payne One. Yeah, Payne One's amazing. Uh, yeah, they do they do great work together. Yeah, the new Soul record was just like, um, it's like, it's it's like uncomfortable and poppy. It's like a weird mix of like, um, Soul, right, right, Doing and yeah. over these like really poppy. Uh, digestible hooks and beats but that's and i think that's pain one kind of brings that to the table like i was bumping pain one he was with this dude rain uh from like north carolina south carolina they had amazing mixtapes together um it's wild it's wild so i i was very surprised when they got together and i was very happy that they kind of brought these things out of each other um yeah growth is really hard because once you do something that works, the pressure is to keep doing it. So, yeah. His record's called his record's called Post-American Studies. 
Oh, that's right. Yep. Post American studies. I got it. I just didn't want to get it wrong. But um, Welcome to the Future is amazing. Song on there. Surrounded is amazing. And um, and just post American studies is amazing. So yeah, listen to the new soul, listen to Lady Lamb, those are and a lunar landing. Those are my favorite, I think, main based projects um that I can think of right now. But there's a ton. There's so many there's a lot of good main stuff happening yeah, so right that's now. That's why I wanted to shout out people like you know Sarah Violet, people like Shane Reese, people who like continually challenge themselves uh and grow. I just I just have a ton of respect for it. Um, uh, you know, and and you amongst that, you know, definitely um, uh, you know, binding together these different forces within the culture uh, and showing them they're not that far apart. So you know, another huge influence of mine is Spose. Ooh, I would love to interview Spose. Spose has one of the most interesting careers. Yeah, because I he was, I mean, this is just from my perspective, from where he was, he was universally loved as like just this really funny person, and then he broke big enough as to where people started, you know, the hate started coming out a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean? he's but like I, I don't care about any of that. Like that's not why I would say I mean, so, aside from his like story being interesting, him his artistry is wildly diverse. Most people, most people who know about Spose probably haven't listened to anything relevant in the last 10 years. Right, they probably right. know I'm awesome. But his fucking catalog is unreal. It literally touches like every genre possible. Well, yeah. it doesn't just touch it. Like he like, he's working with like, you know, like Dave Gutter. And he's just working with like really talented musicians. And I think he's growing to be such a um, diverse complex storyteller within like lots of musical spaces um yeah. his new record his new record uh get rich or die ryan right is brilliant he's got a song with jeff beam that fucking blows my mind yeah, it's like beam is awesome yeah it's like this really wild like rock and roll like indie rock shoegazy sort of style song um and then he's you know he's he's also just a great rapper but yeah, so Spose has definitely been a huge influence to me. He's I also met him when I was 18. I met Spose, Idea, and Chesky all in the same like couple of months. That's wild. And it's and then, at, yeah. at an incredible time for all of them, really. Like Yeah, uh, 2010. Yeah, that's like yeah. preposterously dank. That's the album that yeah. was everywhere. Uh but yeah. like oh that, no, that was oh eight maybe. But it, so but yeah, he's uh like, yeah, the audacity was the was probably the last one in 2012 where he was like, the that was the world campaign with the big label. Yeah, Spose figured out how to marshal his resources and be the self sustaining commodity, but yeah. not get not ever be boring, right? Remember yeah, did with all those musicians, local musicians, yeah. and that like. Very few people would have the gusto to risk that in his position, right? Uh, he never does anything safe, safe. So that's, yeah. appreciate that. He deserves a mention amongst the names I said who are challenging themselves. And he Absolutely. Created, 
need like an app. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, of his of his like brain, and um, I've definitely just admired anybody who can continue. You know, it's not even about like yep. being extraordinarily good, and like, and that that's one thing that like we had always like related and talked about was just like, you know we we both of our like we agreed on like when we're in the room with other artists our goal is to be the least talented person in the room because that means we're surrounded by people who are going to make us grow right so like we both had like lapped and like talked about that we're like yeah we want to surround ourselves with people who are way better at things than us so that we are going to be pushed creative right, right. You know? if everyone's just saying like Oh, good job. You're killing it. You're like, well, what are you yeah. doing? Like, what is, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was funny. Yeah. We, we definitely have a lot of similar, uh, I think, belief systems around like being creative and working with people. Yeah. But our music is very different, you know, and we have a very oh. different approach oh. to connecting with people. But I've learned a lot. You know, I've been to a lot of Spo shows and um, seeing his, him perform and seeing him work with musicians and, um, and give people shots like he was on my record he was on my record uh in 2017 uh the wake up century record we did a song together and like that was so cool for me you know it was like my first record and like i sent him a song and he like you know did a feature for me like that that felt like a really like yeah he didn't have to do that you know like yeah, yeah but he's good with that like he'll definitely uh, give people good features on important songs and uh, yeah. let it be the single and let you let you eat you know like uh, that's yeah so he, he's not he's someone who takes care of the people who help him like not it's yeah. not yeah. yeah so he understands that he's got a great mind for organizing himself uh, yeah and it's funny as hell like just a funny funny dude who says who always finds angles into interesting stuff and you're right more more great albums than people might give him credit for, right like definitely absolutely yeah i agree but uh yeah it's uh thank you so much for being a part of state of the game yeah i love it i feel like i just nerded out about all my friends <laughs> It's, you know, but it's important because, like, people don't really know what the hell's going on in the rap scene, right? They just, it's not, and it, it's not for lack of talent. It's because there isn't a lot of money in the scene. Like, oh, that's why I'm never, that's why I have to tour 200 days a fucking year. <laughs> like, I'm going to Seattle tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, I can't hang out in Maine uh, every no, day. You can't, you can't yeah. run a Maine circuit. There's like four venues. Yeah, you have to go. You have to drive out of state, or or but, you know, talking about the main scene. Just one last thing, like the whole Monday of the Minds peop, uh, scene is amazing. If you haven't been to Monday of the Minds, you should go and check it out. Because Zach, yeah, yeah, Zach, the um, the founder of that, he's been just one of the hardest working organizers in town. Like he's literally been giving so many people opportunities. Um, creating safe spaces uh being very intentional with like not allowing people to be uh racist or homophobic or misogynist at the shows like you'll like you know like they speak out about that stuff which i think is very um 
important and necessary in hip hop spaces. And yep. uh, but yeah, just big shout outs to Stay on Mars, uh, Zach, who organizes Money in the Minds, and he's been just re- working really hard at uh, shifting the the culture in that way that a lot of people don't take the time or energy to do that. Um, so I just wanted to give that, so give that some praise. Good information. When I leave the house, I will have places to go. Good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And I thank you. And I hope I will, I will continue to talk about your album throughout the year. Uh, so people, people know, man, cause this is, once you hear it, Walt wall, uh, there's no going back, you know, it's just, thank you so much, Daniel. Yeah. Follow fake four, uh, go band camp crazy for miles Bullen. Uh, you know, follow on the Instagram, follow on the social media, uh, beatbox poet, right on the, yeah. Twitter and everything. Yeah. Twitter, (laughs) you know, uh, yeah. Tell the people you love them right now. Oh, 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 oh,